Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. And thank you, thank you for allowing me the privilege of spending a few moments with you today. And in today's episode of the Bible Speaks, we're going to continue to look at the theme, Questions Jesus Asked During His Earthly Ministry. Recently, we've been looking at the question that Jesus asked Peter after his resurrection. They were on the beach having breakfast after six other disciples and Peter had gone all night fishing and having caught nothing, an unsuccessful fishing trip. Jesus asked Peter after breakfast, Do you love me more than these? We admitted that we are not very clear as to what the these referred to in Jesus' question. Whether it was a fish on the shore, the other disciples, whatever it was, the heart of the question is, Do you love me more than? And you fit in the these as they appear to you in your own mind. Jesus is asking that same question, I suggest. Asking me, asking you, will you love me? Will you love me more than these? And since we don't know exactly what the these was, may I suggest we take a look at people and circumstances in our lives against which our love for Jesus may be measured. We suggested nine possibilities in our introduction to this last week. And we're going to look at them again today. I'm not planning to preach a sermon on each one of them, but let's just look at them and then you add to them circumstances that occur to you, you might measure your love of Jesus Christ against. The nine that we looked at were mother and father, number one, spouse, number two, children, number three, girlfriend, boyfriend, country or nation, our friends, our jobs or careers, the community in which we live, or our hobbies. Now, you understand that that list is expandable. We began examining the first two, mother, father, and spouts, and you kind of wrapped them together because there were some interesting combinations that would come out of that. Today, I'd like us to ask the Holy Spirit of God to help us to make the application in our lives, in your life and in my life, and in your circumstance and in my circumstance. I know each of us will find more or less applicability in each of the things. But God knows your heart. And so let's go to God in prayer today. 
just ask him for an honest mind, for clarity, as we examine our own hearts. Last week we talked about the woman who was always passing off the message of the pastor's sermon. And I believe that we are all capable of, perhaps gifted at, passing the book when it comes to the message of God that convicts our hearts. Let's ask God, loving Heavenly Father, we come in simple faith to you as your Spirit's conviction in our hearts. We ask for clarification as we attempt to answer the question, the question Jesus asked. Lord, strengthen our resolve to be wholly surrendered to Jesus Christ as Lord and you as our gracious, loving, Heavenly Father. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love and respect for mother and father is still God's command. We spoke of the biblical injunction that there comes a time when both husband and wife must reprioritize their relationship to parents as relates to their new arrangement as man and wife. And the Bible says being in that situation, the one. Whether it is the love of offspring or parents, or the love of husband, or love of wife, each for the other, the test is the same. Jesus is asking, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? And that seems like you're called upon to make an awesome choice, rejecting one and embracing the other. But that isn't what Jesus Christ is saying. Whether it's love of offspring, or parents, or job, or any other things. He's saying, is your love for me at a higher place than the love for the things around you, or the people around you? Luke records a very tough statement that Jesus made, and it applies in our context today. Luke, Luke's Gospel. There's a record of a very, very tough, perhaps confusing statement that Jesus made. Let's read that together. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, If anyone wants to come to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and the children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. That's from Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 27. The statement he made as he addressed the crowd is so bold, one might think that Jesus couldn't really mean all of that. Does he want me to really hate all these peoples in my, these people in my life so near? And so dear to me, set your mind at ease, my friend. Jesus did not demand that you or the followers then or ever will be. Pack up and cease being friends. Set your mind at ease, my friend. He is asking you for something quite different. He doesn't want you to become some maladjusted human being packing up all and entering into some hate colony. 
the words used and the context in which it's used are the important factors here. Let's face that same statement of Jesus in context as we read the rest of what he said on that day. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And he continues, Suppose one of you wants to build a town. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you, are, if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone will see it and will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. The example is intended to grasp your attention. It was intended to grasp their attention. He was telling a story and he brought in this anecdotal episode so that they would get the point. He was talking about comparative love relationship. It's similar to the challenge he gave which Mark records for us in Mark's Gospel, chapter 8 and verse 34. Let me read that as well. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whosoever loses his life for my, for me and for the gospel will save it. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Jesus is the one who laid his life down. And he says, I did that so you might be with me. I left where I was to be where you are. I took upon myself your sin so you could be cleansed and we would spend eternity together. Jesus as he laid down his life, literally, he is issuing the challenge. Do you love me more than all these things? Is my sacrifice great enough to convince you that I deserve first place? My friend, in the first place, we were made for God. And God wants to have the singular privilege of being Lord of all. And from their issues, all the other love relationships that we can have. God is the one who designed them, and he wants to prepare you for them. I think you know what Jesus is asking. But before you respond, let me remind you that being like Jesus is really our aim. That has to be our life's ambition. It's an exchange of the old life for the new. In the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve everything. But Satan came and wanted to convince them that God hadn't really given them the full scoop. Paul writing to the church of Philippi has this to say to the disciples. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus had, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality something to be used 
for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And then he said he became obedient unto the death of the cross. I believe you have the picture. Jesus is asking for a complete devotion to himself. He's saying, I left the glories of heaven to make you, lost in sin, a child of God and a fellow heir of all the riches of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, writing to the church of Rome, after he had penned the amazing letter of God's redemption, God's amazing grace, said, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul got the message, and he's sharing it with you and with me. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Based on all that Jesus has done for us, it is, is it unreasonable that he could require to be first in our lives? I think you will agree the answer is no. So may I urge you today, God is not unreasonable. Jesus said if you have put them first, he'll recognize you forever. Today, let Jesus be number one. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.